Uh, so glad that you're here today. My name is Irvin Wasserman. serve as the campus pastor here. Uh, and as Pastor Greg mentioned earlier, uh, we, th- today's a little different. Uh, today is our Life on Mission Sunday where we uh, uh, get a chance to highlight uh, all of our different mission partnerships uh, that we have as a living hope uh, in large um, all around uh, the world, essentially. And, and what I like to call today is a day that we celebrate God being at work all over the globe. How many of you know that God is working, even though, man, it may not look like it on the news outlets, may not look like it, you know, um, in our world today. He's at work all over the globe, man. He was seeing people saved, growing in him. Uh, and so today is a day that we get a chance to celebrate uh, that. And so super excited uh, for the full day that we have planned. We'll talk more about that here um, at the end of the service. Obviously, in your bulletin, it highlights that as well. Uh, but part of that is uh, we are excited and thrilled to have some special guests here with us. You'll see some of them. They've got their booths set up outside. Uh, but uh, excited to have a special guest uh, preaching for us this morning. Uh, Brother Cody Clark is here with us. Those of you who've been with us for a little while, uh, uh, Pastor Cody served on our staff here as our operator minister uh, for a little over a year, wasn't it? A little over a year, him and Taylor and his family. Uh, he'd been a part of the Living Hope family for a good while, but came over and served with us uh, and now is serving in Indianapolis with one of our partner churches, Living Faith. Uh, he helped launch uh, a brand new campus there, Living Faith Irvington, uh, on the east side of Indianapolis, man, and God is uh, at work in some incredible ways. And so uh, super excited for him to come and bring the word and really challenge us uh, to live on mission. How many of you know that, man, if you're a Christian, you're called to be on mission. It's not just the call of the preacher, not just the call for the deacon. Man, all of us who are in Christ, man, we're called to live on mission for him. And so super excited for Cody to come and give that challenge for us today. Uh, man, Cody was more than just a staff uh, member here. Uh, man, he was my friend uh, and a dear brother in the Lord, man, and super excited for all that the Lord's doing there uh, in Indianapolis through uh, him. And so with that being said, why don't we welcome Brother Cody Clark to the stage this morning. Uh, well, good morning, Tyler Town. Man, y'all sound even awake this morning. Man, uh, so you guys are, uh, we're actually an hour ahead uh, of you guys. And so, uh, man, I, I felt like I got gypped on an hour of sleep this morning, but it's, uh, it's okay because my, I've got a, uh, I've got a two-year-old daughter, Eden. I've got a five-year-old son, Titus. And, uh, and I've got a very young wife, Taylor. Um, yeah, you, it's okay. We won't, we won't go into that. But, uh, anyway, uh, Eden, man, has this, uh, this affinity for, uh, really early mornings. And I thought I was a morning person until I had a kid. And so 3 a.m. this morning, I was up anyway. But man, I, uh, I'm excited today because I was telling some of the band members here, it just, it, it feels like home being here at Tyler Town. Uh, man, there's just, there's something about this body. There's something about this place that it's, it's a whole lot more than, than where people come to just worship. Where people come to participate in faith. It's, man, it's the family of God, the community of faith that gathers together. And man, like, we, we get to love on folks as they bring new family members into their household through childbirth. It's when we get to mourn with them through, man, things like death and families. And, and man, like, I, I've just seen God over the years, right? Man, years, Tyler Town, like, Making it, doing the thing. 
And I stand here today and I look out and I don't recognize like half the room. And I'm excited about that. Excited that God's continuing to work and continuing to move here. And, uh, and man, like I, it's a little bit different in Indianapolis. Like anybody from Indiana? Indiana, one, two, yes, no, cool. So, yeah, so I think that's, I think there's a reason for that. What I've learned is nobody ever moves out of Indiana. Like, when you, when you live in Indiana, like, that's where you, you rest and, and you go to be with the Lord as well. And, uh, as a matter of fact, like, I've, I've just gotten to know some neighbors and things like that as we've moved into our house and, and things like that. And, uh, and, I, like, I ask them, I'm like, so, you know, tell me about your, like, where are you from? Because that's normally the first question you ask somebody here in Clarksville because you have Fort Campbell and, you know, you have young families that move in and commute to Nashville. And, like, I'm always interested, like, where are you from? And, uh, and they look at me like I'm the strangest person in the world. Like, where are you from? And they're like, the, the west side? <laughs> I'm, I moved up here from, uh, from the south side. And I'm like, oh... Okay. Or, like, you get the folks that are like, ah, oh, I moved here from Terre Haute, or I moved here from some other city that I haven't learned yet, and I've got to, I've got to back it up and, like, where's that? But, but, like, getting to know neighbors and things like that, man, I, I, I'm just reminded of, man, the church's job, right? I asked Pastor Irvin, uh, he called, and, man, I'm, I'm honored to get to bring the word today, and I just asked him, I was like, so what, you know, what's the direction for today? And he's like, man, reaching the lost. And I was like, that's a really good theme for Life on Mission Weekend, right? Like, that's, let's do that. And, uh, and man, as I was just praying, like, God started bringing, like, stories to mind, right? Um, and, and through that, a passage that we'll jump into in a minute. But I want to tell you a little bit. Uh, so we've, we've lived in Indianapolis now for six months. And I want to tell you the story about Lynn. Um, and, and Lynn, right? So we're, uh, our church building is 102 years old. Um, and looks like it, like I, you know, like it's, it is an eclectic building and, uh, which works well because we're in a historic neighborhood, but, um, but over the past 25 years, there have been six different churches that have come in and started to, to start a new work there, but it's, it's hard ground in Indianapolis. It's, you know, it, it's not the South. People aren't as open to hearing the gospel, and, and they're definitely not going to play church. And so that these churches over the years have failed. So fast forward to, man, one of the things that, that I always loved getting to do here at Tylertown is Pastor Irvin let me bump some music out in the parking lot, right? And, and man, when it's warm, you set the speaker up, you get the tin out, and man, you walk up, energy's going, right? And so, so I, we were just, we were having a hard time like with energy, our, our services in the evenings, we're having a hard time getting people excited coming in, and uh, and so I was like, man, let's let's get a speaker, let's put it outside, and let's play some music real loud. Like let's that sounds like a good idea, and uh, and so we did. Well, we do a, a pre-meeting before service, and so we were downstairs in our basement meeting for pre-meeting, and we always uh, ask somebody to stay stationed at our connection table, which is right inside the front doors of the church in case someone comes early. Um, and the, the lady that we had stationed at the connection table, she comes downstairs, and she's almost in tears. 
And, uh, and so I, I kind of pulled her to the side. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she begins to tell me that this man walks in and, I mean, just calls her every name under the sun, ranting and raving and, you know, just, I mean, raking her over the coals. And I'm like, well, what, like, what was he mad about? And she was like, the music outside. And I was like, so what did he say? And she was like, I, I can't repeat that. And I was like, okay. Well, I, you know, I grew up, you, you don't talk to women that way. And so I, I was a little frustrated. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I believe there's a, uh, there's a rapper I follow, but his, one, of his, uh, one of his sayings is, try Jesus, not me. And, uh, and I, I was just a little angry. And so I went upstairs to try to take care of the situation, but he had left. And she told me where he lived, and he lived right next door to the church. And so I was like, well, you know, we got a little bit of time. And, uh, and I start walking over there, and I knock on his door, and I'm like, shit. you know, you get mad and you just shake. And by the grace of God, he didn't answer the door. And, uh, and I was like, and just I felt like I realized, like, there were a couple folks that had walked outside, like, the front of the church, and were kind of like watching and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that wouldn't have been good at all. And, uh, and so just the Lord got a hold of me, and he was like, gentle, gentle, easy, right? And, uh, and so I walk around his fence line, and this gentleman just so happened to be in the backyard. And, uh, and so I was like, hey, excuse me. And, uh, and he looked, and, man, his face is still red, and he's, like, he, he's just one of those guys, like, he looks mad all the time. Like, you, you wouldn't, like... He's not the guy that you asked to buy, a, you know, a sleeve of Girl Scout cookies outside of line. Like, you just let him go by. But, but I'm like, hey, you know, my name's Cody Clark. I'm the pastor here. You know, I, I heard you had an issue with something that was going on. Can, you know, can I help in any way? And uh, the gentleman began uh, with the same tone of voice and in the same expletives, uh, informing me that our music was incredibly loud and he couldn't watch the football game on his iPad. And, uh, and again, just the spirit of God, right? Like, I, I'm angry. I, I want to I wanna put him in his place. But I just look at him, I'm like, I, I really do apologize. Like, I'm incredibly sorry. This is even the first time that we're meeting, let alone that we're messing up your football game. I mean, it's just the Colts are going to take the L anyway. But... Uh, <clears throat> But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm genuinely sorry. And I was like, I, you know, I'm the pastor. Here's my card. It's got my cell phone number, my email. If you ever need anything, please, please, please talk to me about it. Because I, I, I answer for everything that the church does. And the lady that you talked to this, morning, or this evening, she, she had nothing to do with anything that had happened. And, you know, he immediately, he just, he felt bad. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Would you tell her, would you apologize? For me, and I was like, "Well, you sh- yeah, I can do that for you." Um, and so, anyway, that night he took me up on my offer to uh, let me know if there's anything you know I could do for him. And uh, you ever got one of those emails, Pastor Irv? You know what I'm talking about, where the subject line is, uh, "Please read slowly." And I was like, "Oh man," you know. And I, I recognized his name, and so I opened it, and he begins to unpack. 30 years of his experience with this church building next door. And uh, 
things like the the church would hold a food pantry, right? Which meant feed feed homeless folks. Like that was a that was a good thing to do, but they never included the community in that. And so literally we we are in a urban context. And so I mean narrow side streets, you've got to pull off to one side to let another car get down the street. And so when you have a couple hundred folks converge on one city block, it, it gets a little tense. And, uh, and let alone these folks, we have alleyways uh, in, in Indy where we live, and so these folks would go down alleyways throwing trash and things like that out. And, and all, like, all that to say, it was just a bad situation. And so he went to go talk to the former pastor of the church that was there, and the former pastor just basically raked him over the coals, cussed him out, told him he was worthless, all this other stuff. Then the then one, another pastor called Building and Codes on him, cost him six thousand dollars. He got a he got a fine to have to fix his garage, and like on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And I got to the end of it, and I just I thought to myself like I would be in, I would be mad at me too. Like, I would probably go in and do the same thing if a church, like, if I didn't know Jesus and the church was doing this. And so I just reached out and said, you know, Brother Lynn, is there, is there any, can I bring you coffee or can I, you know, can I come talk to you someday this week? Um, you know, I was like, I'll bring donuts. And he says, I have high blood pressure and I'm diabetic. I don't want any of your stuff, but I'm more than willing to talk. I was like, oh man, this isn't, it's not starting real well. But, uh, but I, I go the next day, and uh, he invited me. He, he invited me into his backyard, and I'm like, man, I'm you know I'm cornered here. Like this is his property. Like castle law applies, and uh, and like I just began to unpack with him, like all that he had shared with me, his experiences with the church, where he stood, and I, I got to share the gospel with him very clearly. And but I was I was I cared about it. I met him where he was. And, and, and there is nothing special about my presentation. There's nothing special about me. I promise. Ask my wife. But, but I was willing to sit down with somebody with, that had a different stance that had been hurt by the church over and over and over and over. And I got to hear their story without pushing my narrative. Because I, the gospel is the same yesterday, yesterday today, and tomorrow. Right? The, the gospel of Jesus Christ never changes, just as God never changes his character. But the way that we present it a lot of times seems very matter-of-fact. And, and I think if we would be a little bit more gentle and a little bit more personable in our approach with the gospel, that people might receive it a little bit better. And so I'll have to say, he made it very clear that he was not going to be accepting Jesus that day. He's like, hey, I'm just going to tell you like it is. I ain't doing none of that. And I was like, that's fine. That's fine. And he was like, so, you know, if if you need to leave or you need to you know, whatever else, uh, you know, I, I don't want to waste your time. And I was like, man, you're not wasting my time. You know, like, tell me, why are you a Colts fan? Because, you know, that, that's a tough road. Like, that's got its own set of tribulation. And uh, he began to tell me he's from Tennessee. He began to tell me he's a huge UT fan, which I started to lay hands and pray. I'm sorry, guys, it happened, the inevitable last night. It, you know, it is. It is what it is. But huge Peyton Manning fan, so when Peyton Manning came to the Colts and he moved to Indianapolis, it just he stayed there. And that, again, unpacked a whole level of conversation where, man, now the guy, praise the Lord, he's from East Tennessee, so he can cook, Pastor Greg. But he, uh, 
he reached out to me. He reached out to me one day, hollered across the fence. He said, "Hey, Cody, I got something for you." And I was like, "Oh Lord, you know." And uh, I go over there, and he's like, "Hey, I smoked some ribs and had this and I had that, and you know, I just I thought about you, and you know, they don't have good barbecue up here in Indianapolis, so I got you hooked up." And so, man, the guy that came in the church is and and cussed one side up up one side and down the other. Man is now sitting down with somebody who very clearly understands, like, hey, I am a believer and I love Jesus and, and like I'm I want a relationship with you too though. And man, he he's loving on people in the church, right? He helped somebody he helped jumpstart somebody's car. He's like he's done a number of different things. And I also think about Zach, right? In a in a little bit different scenario. Zach has had a long struggle with uh with hardcore drugs and uh and you look at him and he you know just looks like california surfer skater dude to the max talks like it too um but with a with a battle of uh of hardcore drugs over an extended amount of time comes some mental issues there well zach loves the lord i mean zach will sit down and he will quote i mean chapters of scripture verbatim because the Lord has got a hold of his heart. But Zach also struggles with mental illness. And so a lot of that scripture memorization and things like that really quickly gives way to just some, some mental illness things where he, uh, he just, he believes that, uh, he believes that, that he has people following him. He believes that, you know, it's kind of some schizophrenic kind of things where he's just, he's always worried, always stressed and always and because of that, he's, he's found it increasingly hard to find a, a church to belong to. Because he loves the Lord, genuinely. But, but he's had a hard time finding people to love him. And, and I say all this to say because we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 to, in just a second. But, but I want to paint the picture of this. That, that church, a lot of times we see what we do... On Sundays and at a, at a family group and, and maybe at a youth service or, or maybe at this one-off outreach event or something like that. Like that is a lot, for a lot of us, that's the totality of our faith. But there is, the, the church is positioned in such a unique way that people from all kinds of backgrounds all kinds of experiences, all kinds of ethnicities, all kinds of generations, all kinds of, of political parties, all kinds of preferences and worship styles, all kinds of, of all things, we can come together in unity because we have a God. We have a, a creator that knew that there was going to be this condition called sin and so in order to unify his creation, he sent a, he sent his son Jesus to, to come to this earth and to, to bear that sin, a price that none of us could ever pay. We can't be good enough. We can't live good enough. We can't give enough. We can't, like, we can't do any of that. We can't do enough to earn heaven. But man, God sent Jesus and by By Jesus on the cross, church, we can have what this church looks like and is doing very well. 
man, a, a multitude of generations, of ethnicities, of preferences, of, of whatever else, because we love Jesus and we can pursue unity in Christ Jesus because we are his church, his bride. And so, man, I'm, I, I need to read the, can I read the Bible real quick? And then we'll get started. <laughs> the word of God says this in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And in verse 46 is where it starts to get real good. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And in verse 47, we see the culmination of it all. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Father God, Lord, I pray that uh, just in the next few moments, Lord, as we unpack, uh, God, just the direction of this passage, uh, Lord, that, uh, that you would convict us of sin. God, I, uh, I repent of my sin right now, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you would cleanse my heart. God, I pray that as your word is spoken, Lord, that it would pierce the hearts of your people, Lord, and it would take deep root. And, Father, that, that how you call us to live and what the church is called to look like, Lord, would well up from within us, God, and that people from all walks of life, God, would say that there's something special about Tyler Town Church. And, Lord, and, and I don't know what it is, but I want to be a part of it. And so, Lord, I pray uh, that right now, Lord, that you would be high and lifted up. It's in your name that we pray and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Well, really quick, guys, I want to talk uh, about healthy habits. Habits of a healthy church. Habits of a healthy church. So point number one today, I want to talk about, right, we, we know that in order to be healthy, we have to do healthy things, Right? I, I had a realization when my metabolism slowed down because I wasn't playing sports all the times that there was nothing about little Debbie's that was going to make me little. Like the right zebra cakes are my my jam. There's nothing better than a zebra cake late at night with a you dunk it half of it in an ice cold ooh, milk. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but uh, but all that to say like. If you want to be healthy, what do you have to do? You have to eat healthy. You have to exercise. You have to be disciplined in, in doing things that might not come natural, but over time, right, as you are disciplined in doing these things, they become habit, right? And so, church, I, I, I want to just pin out really quickly here a couple, couple of things that we see in this passage that, that the church was doing, right? Because Acts chapter 2, before this, we see the day of Pentecost, and that's the day where the disciples had been waiting and waiting and waiting because Jesus said before he ascended to heaven, hey, I need you to wait, and man, I'm going to do something, and you (laughs) just wait. And so they did that, and man, they sat and they waited and they waited and they waited and they waited, and like, it was getting hairy outside, it was getting tough, and man, 
the Holy Spirit came and he rested on them. And man, he empowered Peter and he preached a message, man, of grace and not of law. And he preached about, man, what it looked like for the Jewish people to come to know Jesus as Savior because he preached in a, at a Jewish festival, and man, like this idea that, that they had always known, but he preached a different message, and they had the humble heart to come and to listen. And so, all that to say, we see here the formation in 42 through 47, the formation of the church. And so, how do we, be, how do we have these habits of a healthy church? Because we want to be a healthy church, right? Like we, we don't want to, church, I, we don't want to be a church that, that makes, a, makes a newsreel in 10 years. Man, God exponentially grew Tylertown Church, but failed because of this or failed because of that. And, and, and failure is only a condition of man. Like, there is nothing in the nature of God that is subject to failure. And so, so if we would lean in today and, and listen to this, the first thing that we see, the first habit that we see of a healthy church is commitment. Right, it is commitment. We see in verse 42 here, it reads that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. And man, when I think about that word devoted, like I'm devoted to a lot of things, and unfortunately, one of those things is is Arkansas Razorback football. And like, it, man, we were supposed to have a year, Pastor Irv. And we had a we had a win last night, but we're batting we're batting just over 500, but. All that to say, like, I think about what I'm devoted to. I'm devoted to my marriage. I'm devoted to, man, my, my wife and loving her well. I'm devoted to my children and trying to be a good dad and apologizing when I lose my temper because I have a two-year-old that yells louder than I do. And, like, I, I'm, I'm devoted to a lot of things, man. I'm devoted to my calling. But, you know, it, a lot of us in here, we're devoted to our jobs. We're devoted to our careers. We're devoted to, man, building up a big bank account. We're devoted to a lot of things. But, man, Luke starts to pin out this, this idea of, like, hey, I need you to be devoted. Devoted, sold out, man, committed to a couple things. One was the apostles' teaching, right? What's that, what's that mean? Well, the, the, the word teaching there translates to a Greek word that I can't pronounce, but I can tell you what it means. Right, it, it, it's also kind of where we get our, our uh, the idea of doctrine, right? And so the apostles' doctrine, but it, they're teaching a new word, right? Revolutionary thought in the Messiah coming and fulfilling the law of the Old Testament, and so now legalism doesn't bind them to living a stagnant life. Man, they get to they get to upon receiving Jesus Christ as Savior through faith. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And man, the same thing that had that sound like a mighty rushing wind. And man, like tongues of fire came and rested. And these disciples who, man, were ordinary men, uneducated men, started speaking in languages in which they did not know, but those around them knew for the furtherance of the gospel. Like that's the picture that's in their mind as we read this. So the apostles' teaching, right? What do we see that? We see that as the word of God. Right? Church, it, commitment, it's not easy. Right? That's why the divorce rate's so high in America today. In the church and out of it. Secular and sacred. Right? That we have lost the idea of what it means to be committed to things. Man, I, I was committed to Gold's Gym over on Needmore Road. 
so much so that I still haven't canceled my membership and my wife reminds me all the time. I didn't know you were in here. I'm nervous now. (laughs) I wasn't going to use that next service. (laughs) But... (laughs) But we're like we we've lost the idea, and like I I still pay the membership, but I don't go. Man, a lot of us we you know we'll still give a couple dollars, but but we don't read our Bible outside of Sundays. Uh, a, a lot of us will show up, and attendance matters a whole lot more in here than it does at a dinner table. And man, like church, I'm just trying to help paint this picture of commitment matters, but there's something about the Word of God when it says, "Hey, I need you to be devoted to a few things." And the devoted is one to the apostles' teachings, to the word of God. I promise that you will not find anything more true than the holy, infallible, never wrong, New York Times, all times, bestseller, top of the list, than than what is in here. Church, there is life in here. Man, there is healing in here. There's redemption in here. Man, you, you think it's impossible. I promise that with God, all things are Come on, come on. I promise that if you need life today, if you need the Spirit of God to blow into, and man, you would catch that in yourselves for the first time today, it starts with being committed to it. We can't accidentally have a strong walk with the Lord. Commitment. Man, relationships are a two-way street. Man, it's no fun. Man, think back to high school or middle school or... Whatever it is, man, when you were real into that person, right? Or when you were real into that cheerleader, when you, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go over here. When, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, when you were real into somebody that wasn't real into you, like, that's not a fun relationship. But man, what happens when you sell out to a relationship and you relentlessly pursue, man, that relational equity, man? There's something beautiful that's built. Like, I, I look out here and I, I, I see husbands and wives, man, of all generations. And, like, I see, I see the ones that, man, I, like, I think y'all like each other. <laughs> I see the ones that I'm like, y'all probably had an argument on the way to church this morning. <laughs> man, look, y'all are here. It is time to let that go. The kids are in, kid, in, in children's ministry. You don't have to worry about them. There's someone else's problem for a minute. Like you made it. But commitment is not easy. Because there's always stuff trying to pull us away. Man, look, I know you go to church on Sundays, but man, I got tickets to this thing. Or, or man, hey, I know you're scheduled to serve here, but, but if you don't go, someone else will. Man, I, I, I know you've got a calling on your life to lead that life group. But man, like, you, do you really want to do that? That's another night of the week. Man, if it's not for the Word of God, church, we don't exist. Like, if we were up to keep, if it was up to us to keep our own narrative and to love each other according to a standard that we had been told and then someone left and never heard it again, like, can you imagine the depravity that we would fall into? Man, commitment to the Word of God is a life source that brings about, man, a power that, that, that is not offered on this side of heaven. And church, like, I, I just desire, 
a desire for, for us, man, I, I tell our people all the time, I, man, I got the opportunity to lead students here for a long time. Man, Gracie, I hear killing it, doing a great job. I'm, I'm excited about Gracie being here. But I, I used to tell them all the time, hey, read your Bible and do what it says. Like, read your Bible and do what it says. You know, hey, Cody, I've, I've got this situation going on at school. Like, what do you think I should do? And I was like, what did you read about it? What did the Bible say? I don't know. What does the Bible say? Read the thing and then come back to me. If you can't find it, I'll help you. But, like, I'm not, I I don't want to spoon feed you so that you're dependent upon me. Because, again, God's going to call us away at some some time, some place. He's going to call you to a new season of life. He's going to call you back to, he's going to call you to glory. He's going to call, like, he's going to call you somewhere else. And if we're, if the people around us are relying upon us, man, we're going to miss it. And, and, and they're not going to be able to feed themselves. And so to be devoted to God's word, right? Commitment. What, what else are we called to be devoted to? Man, this, this idea of togetherness, right? Togetherness. We see here where, where man, he says, hey, be devoted to the fellowship. Devoted to the fellowship. And, and, and fellowship here, man, it, it, it's, it's the idea that they came together in community for the same purpose, right? And, and again, like, I know because I, man, the church, the, the, the body that I get to lead, man, is a blessing. But there's, there's also a few EGRs in there, right? You know what EGRs are? You know, people... Uh, Extra grace required. Like you, you sit down with them and you know it's gonna be, it's not gonna be a fun conversation. They're gonna breathe and it's gonna like skip past every nerve you have and jump on the last one. And like, like come on. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. We deal with fallen, like we are broken people and so man, nerves are a real thing. And sometimes fellowship's hard. But hey, sometimes I base my fellowship on what comes naturally to me and not what's supernatural in me. You know what I'm saying, church? What I'm saying is, is I hang out with people that look like me and that talk like me and that, that think like me and that vote like me and that, you know, that's not the idea. Man, when we're... I, like, I didn't use community here because I, like, that, just a, a buzzword, right? In, in the church. Like, I, I'm, I moved up to Indianapolis and I was like, man, come and be a part of, you know, come and be a part of the community, man. Do you need community? And they're like, I got a home. What do you, like, I've got a neighborhood. I've got a, com-. and I was like, man, come be a part of hanging out together. Like, togetherness. This idea of coming together and pursuing the Lord and be devoted to it. Right, what's another habit? Well, it's this, it's, it's prayer. Right, it says be devoted to apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to prayer. Man, and, and Ian Bounds said it like this. He said, prayer makes a godly man and puts within him the mind of Christ and the mind of humility and of self-surrender and of service, of pity, and of prayer. If we really pray... We will become more like God or else we will quit praying. Right? Like it's this idea that, that prayer is this, this tapping into, man, a, 
a life source, an energy source, a something that is beyond me, bigger than me, greater than me, man, holier than me, set, more set apart than me, but I have access to the juice, right? Like, I, I can plug into it and I can be filled up. Church, but man, when's the last time we prayed? And I'm not talking about, like, for dinner. I'm not talking about, you know, for before service or after service. I, like, I'm, I'm talking about when's the last time we got on our knees? When's the last time you got on your knees and you opened the Bible and, man, you started reading through and praying the Word of God? Man, begging Him to fill you with His Spirit so you would have the strength to get out of bed the next day and, man, do something that's greater than yourself. Man, part of... Part of something we were told about moving to Indianapolis and specifically the east side is it's a, it's a dark place. And I was like, man, what does that mean? And they were like, well, the, the most active spiritual presence on the east side, like there, there are churches there, but they're, they're, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're dead. They're, they're not, they've been there, they're hanging out, or they just don't even teach the Bible. It's come as you are, stay as you are, and that's not what scripture teaches. The most active spiritual presence on the east side is the, the local witches coven. And, and like, I, I heard that and I was like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. Until Halloween this year, right, just a couple weeks ago. People literally pay this witches coven to, like, walk around neighborhoods and, like, cast spells and curses on people's house. Like, on a person's house. And, and I was like, that's like a real thing. And, and I got talking to, I got talking to somebody and they were like, no, it is legitimate, like, they are practicing Wiccan. And, and I remember the, the first, first week we were living in our house, our, you know, our pastor told me like, man, look, you need to pray over your family, pray over your family, pray over your family. And I was like, yeah, I do. Sometimes. Like, I do when I remember too. You know, I do when I wake up early enough. And I, like, man, our kids just had nightmares for like, four or five days straight, and they've never done that. And I remember one night I was sleeping, and I, man, I just, I felt like somebody was sitting on me and just had their hands wrapped around my neck, and I couldn't breathe. And like, I'm, you know, I'm, fi- I'm not a small guy. Like I said, I like little Debbie cakes, and, and man, I, you know, I'm trying to, mo- and I can't. Like, I'm, and I woke up, and I remember just feeling like we, our room was upstairs, our room is upstairs away from the kids, the kids are downstairs, and I remember just feeling like this darkness over here in the corner, and I was like, wow, and so I, like I woke up, I got out of bed, went downstairs, I got my Bible, Ephesians chapter 6, and man, I started pleading the blood of God, the blood of Christ over my family, I started, I started putting on their armor for them, and I put it on my, like, it, and I, that's been a habit, but what I'm saying is prayer makes a difference. And, and it give man, it, it makes a way in the supernatural, man, for us that are natural, man, to press into God, to press into His Holy Spirit, and man, to be filled with it. 
Church, there's something about a spirit-filled church. There's something about a church that prays. They look different. They act different. They talk different. And church, like, I know that your pastors pray. I know that your deacons pray. I know. And I know, I've been there. And I've seen man, them on their knees begging God, interceding for, man, people in the body that just need help. But, man, if we're not doing that for ourselves... Like that's not just that's not just their burden to carry. Man, when's the last time you prayed for for Pastor Irvin? When's the last time you prayed for Pastor Greg? When's the last time you prayed for anybody in leadership? Like prayer makes a difference, church. I mean, you need to be praying over these men of God that have a high calling on their life. But man, because of that, and it comes from the Lord, because of that, they've got a high price on their heart from the enemy. I mean, I know they pray, but church, would you make a commitment today to pray for your pastors? Man, so they were committed to prayer. They're committed to unity. Man, this idea that it says they all came together, right? All who believed came together. And church, we need a unified church today, right? We need a church that is, that is actively seeking the Lord. I mean, that is, that is coming together again. Man, political climate in, in society and culture today. It's ripping people apart, right? The, the movements of, of these one-off, you know, political parties and things like that, like, it's a narrow narrative, but because social justice is such a big thing, like, it, 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 it starts tearing the church apart because we're, cho- like, we have to pick sides, and look, I, like, I know this is fragile ground, and I want to be very careful where I'm stepping But there's unity in the body. There's division in the world. Whenever division creeps into uh, the, the family of God, the world has gotten in there some way, some place. And so, hey, I would, I would ask you today, church, like if, if you're the one, and, and I don't know who it is, I haven't, even, I haven't even heard anything bad about the church. Right, but 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 if you're the one that constantly has the negative point of view, that's constantly critical, that 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 always, man, their their preferences are not being met, and they, you know, there's more complaining going on than than, than encouraging and praise. And I would just ask you to 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 step back from that for just a moment. And I would ask you to lean into prayer and ask the Lord to to show you your life and and are you a person of unity because again church we've got enough people attacking us from the outside we don't need the trojan horse like we, we should be strengthening one another we should be encouraging one another man we should we should be actively building people up even if right even if they jump past all our nerves to our last one like we have to open up our arms and be willing to let anybody run in that finds comfort there. I, uh, Yale Wall, our lead pastor, he sent me, he sent me a text last night. And I, like, I, I think it, it paints a picture perfectly, but it's, the tweet said this. It said that when the Apostle Paul died, he was met 
by a thunderous applause and cheering by the very people he persecuted and put to death when he entered heaven. And like, I just wonder, like, I just wonder, man, first of all, like, what a radical concept. But unity, but Christ, man, covering multitudes of sin. Last healthy habit we see is this. We see generosity. And it says that they sold everything they have, Pastor Irv. They were giving it to everybody. And look, I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm going to tell you what the whole Bible says. Paul writes later in one of his letters that that this ultimately becomes an issue because, like, they sat around and they thought Jesus was coming, like, tomorrow. And so they were just saying around campfires, singing Kumbaya and hanging out. But, but like, in the moment, it's a good idea, right? Like, it's this idea that, man, as as the church, and look, this is all outward-facing, too. People don't see the church as generous in America today, right? And, and, and I don't, like, that's a broad statement. I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily true for, for living hope in large. Like, I know, man, habitat houses and turkey blessings and, man, backpacks. And, like, I, I know, like, I know living hope is a giving church. What I'm saying, broad, how many times have you had a conversation with somebody and invited them to church? And they're like, man, I, I don't want none of that. Like the church is all about money. That man, I or or you know, just so happens the one Sunday that that friend does come to church, like you're in the middle of a giving campaign, and you know you're hitting on it real hard, you know. But but that, from the outside, people see the the church is always wanting and giving. But but look, I also want to want to stipulate that the church is not not the building here. The church isn't 1200 Winterset Drive. Like, the, the church is your home address. The church is, is who's sitting in the seat right now. Man, Scripture tells us that we are the living stones of the church. Man, the, when, the, when the veil was torn in the temple that separated the, the rest of the temple from the Holy of Holies and the Spirit of God came and he filled everybody that trusts in the name of Jesus, wherever you go, you're having church. Can, can I tell you what that, can I tell you that today? Like, where, where you go at your dinner tables, whether you're speaking life or whether you're speaking condemnation over your children and your family, like that, they're sitting at church. Because it's, it's the same dad and the same husband that sits in here on Sunday mornings and man, like, does real good lip service. Oh, we're doing good and we're, you know, we're, doing, but man, on the back end of it, man, it, everything's falling apart. That one was for free, but generosity, man. Like church, we've got to we've got to be willing to give. Look, that might look like time, depending on what season you're in. It might look like stepping out and being an obedient, being obedient and and giving financially for the first time. But Lord, it, it's it's this idea of not out of obligation. Nobody was threatening death on this on this new church, saying, "Look, do this or perish." Man, they came together joyfully because they loved one another. They took care of needs within the body. And so, man, meal trains. I love a meal train. I love a casserole. Man, the butter and the crackers and the... Mm. You know they don't have potlucks in Indiana? They, Travis, you know what they're called? No, no. They're, 
check it out. I, first time I heard it. Sorry, I'll get back into it. But it, they, they called it a pitch-in. They're like, hey, we're going to have a pitch-in at the church. And I was like, we softball? Or, you know, like... And, uh, and so, like, I had, to, I had to go ahead and lay it down. I was like, look, guys, as long as I'm here, we're doing potlucks at the church. Um, it is what it is. But generosity, man. Take care of people. Meal trains. Man, love on people. Like, when, and just a side note, like, when you drop something off for, for the, the new mom and the new parents, I mean, just drop it and, you know, hit the door. Like, leave it on the front porch. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're tired. They know. They know that they have stuff all over their face. They know their hair is crazy. They know they stink. They are surviving. Like, be generous and drop and run. But, man, like if we have these healthy habits in the church, right, finally today we have this. We have outcomes of a healthy church. And where do we see that? We see that in the last two verses. It says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. But here it is right here, praising God and having favor with all people. All right, I want to pause there. There is no reason per this passage why the church should not have favor with people who don't claim Jesus. Like I, I, I would I would go to I would go as far to say that that probably people know a whole lot more about what the church is against than what the church is for. And and church, like, it's this this idea, man, that that we have favor of these unbelievers. We have favor with neighbors because we cut their lawn when their when their husband's deployed. We have favor with coworkers because we send them a Grubhub gift card when they're going through a tough time. We like and, and, and all of that, like, it might cost a little bit of time, it might cost a little bit of money, but it goes back to the generosity thing. Like, I, I'm saying, like, people should see value in the church and with the people of God. And they should know, in, in my humble opinion, right, and I've been subject to be wrong before, but they should know a whole lot more about what we are for and the Jesus that we serve than what we are against and who, and who we care to see sitting in the Senate, sitting in the House, sitting in the President. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't matter. I'm saying it doesn't matter enough to push people away from the gospel. Favor with people, man, is what the church is after. And then finally today we see this. We see salvation of the unbelievers, right? Here's where the good stuff happens, right? Here's where the the, the being on mission and, and reaching the lost plays out. Like, it's this idea that that when we're doing church right and we're chasing after Jesus and we're abandoning all, all other things and chasing him and loving and, and pursuing, man, like, folks start, to, folks start to change. Hard hearts are softened. Man, dads start to lead and love. Moms, man, start, start to submit to a husband that, that, that's worth submitting to because he's leading under the Lord. And, man, marriages are rekindled. Man, can, like, I'm telling you today on a practical level that God is good and He cares about your situation. He cares about your family because He cares about the church. And like, we, the church, Tyler, Tyler like, we want to step into that. So man, uh, man, tell Pastor Greg, tell Pastor Urban, let, let them come into that and pray over your family. But man, like, we see a softening of hearts whenever people come into contact with who created them. 
and what they were made for. And I'm not saying we always get it right. I'm, I'm probably saying that in my case, I, I rarely get it right. Because, you know, try Jesus and not me. But, like, I want to be a person that people look at and just, like, man, there's something different about him. 